for joining us today on episode number 222 of the Real Life Runners podcast. So today we're talking about 10 of our top tips for new runners. But even if you aren't a new runner, these are still going to apply to you because these are 10 things that all of us should still be thinking of on a daily basis if we want to continue to improve our running journey. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. All right, so today we're talking to you, new runners, especially if you have recently started running. If you're a beginner, maybe you've just found our podcast for the first time. Welcome, first of all. Um, welcome to the podcast and welcome to running. Yeah. It's an amazing sport. It's going to be awesome. Um, and we're so glad that you guys are here, that you've decided to run and take this step to better your health and your body and your mind and all the things. So today we want to help give you 10 of our top tips to make your running more successful. Yeah. And this isn't like a whole list of giant hacks. It's just something going to make running uh, super easy and you'll be in the greatest shape of your life by next week. Well, and if you're new to us, understand that we don't give tips, tricks, and hacks. Like that's not how we roll here. We like to see running as a lifelong journey that you know, we want to do for the rest of our lives. So yeah, there are definitely some things that we're going to talk about today. They're going to make running feel way better right now, you know, for you as a beginner, because let's be honest, if running doesn't feel good at the beginning, what's, what are the chances that you're really going to stick with it? I think that's why so many people quit is it's remarkably uncomfortable on day one and they go out for day two and it feels still remarkably uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and there isn't a day three. Yeah. Well, or day three is like a little bit better and then day four comes and slams them back down again. Oh, uh, yes. The you know? reality of day four. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's something that's not really on our list, but like just understand that if you're brand new to this, like the first two weeks are just going to kind of stink. Well, but not always. <laughs> not always. Like there's going to be that random day in the two weeks. It's like phenomenal. Oh, right. And then, not not and then, every day. Right. Yeah. And then you're like, oh man, I've done it. I've got over the hump. Running's just super easy. And then there's the next day and you're like, nope, I was wrong. Yeah. That was a trap. And take some time. All right. So, Let's get into this, but you know, before we start, um, understand that if you are not a new runner, even if you've been running for years, there are still going to be some really good nuggets in this episode because it's one of those things I think that we can constantly be reminded of, you know, like as much as we run, maybe you've just never heard it this way before, you know, maybe you've just never thought about it in this way before. So I encourage you, even if you're not a new runner, even if you've been running for 20 years to just try to listen to this episode with some fresh ears too. Like, and kind of just try to take a a new look at your running. Yes, yes. Whatever whatever your running age happens to be, try and listen to the episode with new running ears and see if if you can go back to those newbie days. Yeah, because why not, right? Like, it's just kind of fun. All right, so let's kick this off with number one, get a good pair of running shoes. And yes, they need to be running shoes. Don't just run in cross trainers. Don't just run in whatever's cute or whatever's on sale. I made that mistake for a very long time. <laughs> I definitely, you know, when I was growing up, I was um, on team sports. I played volleyball, basketball, and softball. I hated running. And when I did start actually running, I mean, I started running in in practice, excuse me, in practices, 
as conditioning, which was the most boring part of the practice for me at the time. The best part of every sports practice where you had <laughs> to put the, the sports equipment down and just run to that tree and back. <laughs> yeah. And um, as punishment. Okay. That was the other time I ran. It was like when we made mistakes in our sports and they made us run as punishment. Yep. Every once in a while would accidentally just miss a free throw so we had to run more in practice. <laughs> there you go. You were that kid. Um, but then I started running in college really just to lose weight and try to get in better shape. And I was just running in whatever shoes I had. Like I just would go to the store and buy shoes because they were cute or because they were on sale. And that's just what I ran in. And it wasn't until I met Kevin who was, you know, had been running for quite some time and had worked in running shoe stores and knew a heck of a lot about running when he actually put a pair of real running shoes on my feet. And I was like, oh my gosh, everything doesn't hurt now when I run. So a good pair of running shoes makes a huge difference in how running feels. Yeah. And there's so many different running shoes out there now. And it used to be that it was like, there were the major running shoe brands. And then there were a few people that were like, oh, well, try this one. And they were, they were kind of different. There was a very different feel to them. And if they weren't really one of the established players, they were kind of playing catch up with some of the running research that the other people have done. Like they were coming out with shoes that everybody else had attempted like a decade before and realized didn't work. And now there are so many companies out there that are coming out with phenomenal running shoes. So just because it's not one one of the like brand names that you may recognize does not mean that it's not going to be a good shoe for you. Yeah, and running shoe technology has is just like leaps and bounds beyond what it was a decade ago, even, you know, especially 20 years ago. Um, it is amazing the technology that they have in some shoes now. So if you don't really know what kind of shoe you be belong in, we would highly suggest that you go to like your local running store and get fitted. Okay, even if you don't have one really close by, to honestly, it's worth a drive. Like if you need to drive an hour or so, you know, make a little day trip of it if you want to, you know, but I would really really suggest going to a specialty running store to actually get fitted with somebody that knows what they're doing. Yeah. That's... Or a physical therapist could actually help you too. But some, depending on the physical therapist, they may or may not be, you know, as up to date on all of the different types of running shoes. Really the, the best place to get a running shoe is at a running shoe store. Right. Your physical therapist is going to be able to look at your foot. And tell and, you what kind of shoe. Right. Right. And they like may the be... the category. They may be a runner themselves. Yeah. And so they can recommend within probably the brand of shoe that they wear the appropriate shoe. Yeah. Because the thing is, you know, there are like three main categories of shoes. There are neutral shoes. Well, I guess there's really like four now. So there's... There's a lot. Yeah. But there's there are a lot. So... I, sh I shouldn't even say that there's four main categories anymore. No, there's so many different categories. There's minimalist, categories. there's maximalist, there's neutral, there's stability shoes, there's lots of different types. So the best um, best advice would be to go to the local running store and get fitted for a shoe that's right for you. Yes, yes, by far the best best advice there. Yes, okay. Number two, buy running clothes. Okay, so this kind of goes along with number one. You want to make running more comfortable. When you're just wearing, if you're just out there wearing like a cotton shirt and like some mesh shorts, there are things that, you know, like rubbing that happens, like chafing is a real thing. When you start, you know, if you're making running more uncomfortable based on the clothing that you're, you wear because it's like rubbing against you in a weird way, there's, again, less likelihood that you're going to stick with it. Right. I, there was the 
first giant running boom in America was the 70s. Everybody's out there in cotton shorts and cotton socks and cotton t-shirts. And that had to be remarkably uncomfortable. Just imagine how big that running boom would have been if there was actual technical wicking fibers at the time. Yeah. Like that's what happened in the more recent running boom. Right. And, you know, because chafing is a real issue for a lot of people and it is very, very uncomfortable. So moisture wicking fabrics can really help with chafing issues. Um, The other thing I want to mention for you female runners, especially if you have are well endowed in the chest area, get a good sports bra, okay? Sports bras make a huge difference, okay? I am not one of these women. I have a smaller chest, so this is not really an issue for me, but all of my friends that are, you know, bigger, have bigger chests, all agree that a good sports bra makes a absolute world of difference in how you feel while you're running. Yeah, that's that's a good point on, on well, the topic because of Because it can clothes. avoid, you know, it really helps with back pain also, right? Like, again, going back to let's make running more comfortable, right? If you have a large chest, that's a lot of weight on the front of you. It can really, you know, pull on your back. It can change your running form. It can change the way that you're breathing. But if you have a good sports bra that's able to support you, it can help with your posture, your back, your breathing, all sorts of stuff excellent good details on that one (laughs) kevin seems very uncomfortable right now Uh, well i want to kind of establish the the combination of one (laughs) versus two i was just waiting to get through the sports bra talk i really have nothing that i can contribute to that conversation (laughs) at all um but the combination of get a good pair of shoes and buy running clothes is socks People overlook the importance of uh, actual, like, spending a decent amount of money on a pair of socks. Yeah, because, like, good running socks are, like, $10, $13 a pair. You can definitely get running socks that are double digits. You can get running socks that aren't quite as insane, but you're going to end up paying a minimum of $5 for a single pair of socks, which might be more than you would ever consider paying for socks, and it's still worth it. Why? Because then you don't get blisters everywhere. Then your sweaty feet will not make your shoes smell absolutely horrible. You're not going to get that giant blister on the arch of your foot or under the big toe. You're more likely to keep all of your toenails. So many things that will happen by having quality pairs of socks. Yeah, so make sure that you're getting good running clothing, good running gear. It doesn't have, they don't have to break the bank. You know, there's tons of like off-brand stuff nowadays that has great technology in it. It just maybe won't last as long as like some of the other brands. But, you know, go out and and spend a little bit of money on getting some clothing that will help to support you as a runner. Support you. Are we back to sports bros? (laughs) There you go. You're just very uncomfortable with that whole topic, (laughs) aren't you? All right. Number three. We're moving on now. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Number three, start strength training right now. Okay. Um, Strength training is absolutely critical for runners if you want to get stronger and avoid injury, okay? Most running injuries are because of weakness somewhere in the body that the body's not stabilizing itself. The other thing that most injuries are from are from poor training methods, which we're gonna talk about as we continue down the list, okay? But you need to start strength training now, okay? General weightlifting is not enough, okay? That's another thing that people, you know, will, um, I, I talk to a lot of people on social media nowadays and I'm like, are you strength training? They're like, well, I go to the gym and I lift weights. I'm like, well, what does that mean? You know, like, oh, I do the machines or I do biceps and triceps or I do, you know, various things. General weightlifting, just, you know, the especially like the circuit machines at the gym, if that's something that you like to do, that is not good strength training for runners, okay? You need to be 
be doing runner specific strength training. And what this looks like is that um, you want to be doing more functional single leg types of exercises that are focusing on stabilization and power generation. Okay. So if you're new to the podcast, um, my background, I'm a physical therapist. Okay. I've been practicing physical therapy for 15 years now. So I have rehab tons of runners and I have also created injury prevention programs for a lot of runners. And there is a very specific way that you need to strength train as a runner so that you can continue to run longer, run faster and run injury free. Yeah. So there's a reason why we haven't even actually mentioned running yet. We've put you in appropriate shoes and clothes and then go with strength training. So many people are like, all right, I'm going to start running. This is going to be my thing. And they just focus on the running. And it's a really quick way to run yourself right into injury. Because in all likelihood, if you're coming from running without like much athletic background, you've got areas of weakness that you don't even know about. So making sure before you try and start increasing mileage, before you start trying to increase speed, that you are actually strong enough to go through like the normal functional motion of running without pain all over the place that you can actually establish a a regular steady habit of running, you know, every day, every other day, like whatever it is that you're going to go with here, you got to make sure that you are getting that strength training in on a very consistent basis before you try and start ramping towards anything. Right. And it goes back to building your running foundation. Okay. We talk a lot about your running foundation here at Real Life Runners. And part of that is your body. We like to talk about mind, body, and skills. Your body is a really big part of your running foundation, especially if you are getting into running a little bit later in life, you know, anywhere in the third decade and beyond. It's, you know, likely that you may have had injuries in the past of some sort, right? Either from previous sports or from various life activities. You may have sprained your ankles, you know, from wearing high heel shoes. I mean, who knows, right? We all have different things that happen to us. And those past injuries can affect you as a runner because a lot of times when we have past injuries, they're not fully rehabbed unless it was like a major, major thing. Most people just kind of like hurt themselves. Like think about how many times you've twisted your ankle. I know I've twisted my ankle, like falling off the sidewalk or something ridiculous, you know, and you don't go to PT usually for that because it's not that bad. You know, you limp around a little bit. You, I mean, I know better now, but you know, I'm talking about when I'm, when I was younger, you don't like really rehab it. You just kind of like Wait till the inflammation goes down, you ice it, and it's feeling better, and you go back to doing whatever you do. Yes, yes. If you're not doing anything that's sort of a a high-impact activity on a regular basis, and running is definitely a high-impact activity, you just kind of go until it feels better that you can walk around normally like yeah. you were doing before. Throw some ice on it. Take some Advil. Call right. it a day. And, and you never know which you know of those like previous injuries might prop you know crop back up again or pop back up again and cause some issues for you as a runner. So strength training is one of those things that you can do that can help to build that strength, build that stability so that when you start running and you want to start getting faster or running longer or doing those things, you have a strong running foundation there to support you. Excellent. All right. Let's slide into number four, which is where we actually get to start talking about running in tips for runners. And uh, it's a it's a really exciting one. Slow down. You probably need to take most of your runs 
easier than you're currently taking your running. Yeah, most runners, when they first start out, head out the door and they just start running, right? And for most people, that if we ask them to rate their effort level on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being super duper easy and 10 being super duper hard, most people fall in that like 5 to 6 level, okay? Most people just head out and go out and they're like, how did that feel? I was like, oh, this is medium pace, right? Like it feels like a 5 or a 6 moderate effort level. That is too much for an everyday run, okay? Okay. Most of your runs should feel easy. You should be able to maintain a conversation when you are running. Okay. And so a lot of new runners, you know, that we work with will say like, are you crazy? There's no way I can talk and run at the same time. Like I'm not in good enough shape. And in that case, we would suggest doing a run walk program where you run for a short distance and then take a short walking break. And that will allow you to go a little bit further, go a little bit easier so that you're not out there just, you know, panting by the time you've hit the 10 minute mark. Right. You want to make sure that most of your runs actually feel physically easy. Like you don't want to finish your run every time you head out the door that you need to be like laying down on the sidewalk because you've wrapped out your run. Like you shouldn't finish it and think to yourself, man, it's a good thing it wasn't five minutes longer because I don't know if I could have made it. Mm -hmm. That was too hard of a run, especially to do on a regular basis. There are times where you're going to want to push yourself, but those times are not the consistent activity. You should be doing the vast majority of your running at a very easy pace. That is actually your your best bet for consistent long-term improvement. Yeah, and this is one of those tips that all of you that are not new runners that, you know, if you've been running for a long time, need to hear this. If you've been listening to us for a while, you understand that we've talked, we talk about this all the time, but it's one of those things that you have to keep listening to. Like we even had, um, one of our training team members today on our live coaching call was talking about how, like I I asked our team members, let us know one of your wins from this week. Right. And so one of our, um, team members said, I think I finally felt found L2. I realized that I was doing most of my easy runs at like a, an L5, level five. We, we ask our team members to, to rate the effort levels on their runs, right? And so we, we like to say, you know, L2 is that easy pace. On a scale of one to 10, two out of 10 is where you want to be for the majority of your runs. And so our, the, our, um, our team member, she said, I think I finally found L2. I think I was doing most of my quote unquote easy runs at an L5. Instead, it only took me seven months, right? So she's been on our team for a while and she knows that she should be running easy, right? But it's one of those things that is a constant work in progress. You're constantly like assessing, like seeing how this feels because it's not as easy as just like looking down at your watch and getting a pace, right? Because your effort level changes every single day based on a lot of different factors, like how much sleep you've gotten, what the weather is like, how much stress you have in your life, what your workout was like yesterday, right? There's all these things that play a role in how you feel on any given day. So what your easy run pace is on Monday might be completely different than what it is on Thursday because of whatever that week has thrown at you. Yeah, no, 100%. And this is this is something that I think most runners still struggle with on a regular basis. Like there are a lot of people that have been running. I've certainly been, I have known the importance of easy training far more than seven months. And I still periodically skip up and I, uh, 
I take off on an easy run and it slides well out of L2. And I'm like, oops, that, that got a little away from me. And at the same time, like I know that it's wrong and I still take a little, well, I know that it's not the most ideal way for me to recover from the day before or to prep for the hard run that I have the next day that is putting too much stress on my body. Yeah. And yet, at the same time, I take a little bit of pride in the pace that I went out for a run that day. Yeah. And it's that combo of of getting over the need to be to have some sort of judgment of yourself and pride in the pace of your of your easy run. Like no one cares what your easy run is. The point of it is that it's easy, mm-hmm. and that allows you to continue to be consistent and allows you to go faster on fast days. Yeah, I think that that kind of leads to kind of a sub point here um, about like judgment and comparison, right? Like don't compare yourself to others. I think that should probably be one of our 10 here, but somehow we forgot that one. Like don't compare yourself. You're running is yours and yours alone. You never know how long someone else has been running. You never know what their running journey has looked like up until this point. You know, um, I like the saying, and I've heard this from like one of my business coaches, like don't compare your day 100 to someone else's day 555, right? Like you don't know like where someone is or how long they've been working at it or what their journey has looked like. So you can't compare. And that even includes, um, judgment against yourself, right? Don't compare yourself to other runners, but also don't judge yourself. Just accept yourself for, for where you are right now. And then understand that, you know, this is where I am right now, but I'm, I'm sure as heck going to improve from here. Yeah. And you know, periodically take a look back at where you were, you know, if you've been running for a little while, take a look back over the last couple of years and be like, well, I might not be exactly where I want to be, but I'm certainly in a different place than I was two years ago, even two months ago. Like I'm certainly in a different place now. Yeah, for sure. All right. So each of your runs, most of your runs should feel easy. Then you can do like a couple, depending on how many days per week you run, you can do like one or two, a little bit harder. That is a really good path to improvement. All right, number five, and I'm going to let you say this one because this is your big one. <laughs> don't sign up for a marathon, at least not yet. Right. Like, don't be like, all right, I'm a brand new runner. What should I do? I know I'm going to sign up for a marathon. That is not really your path towards long-term success. Right. We want you to build your mileage slowly. Okay. Again, this is where a lot of runners, especially new runners get into trouble. They get into running and they're like, I'm going to run a marathon or I'm going to run a half marathon and I'm going to do that in eight weeks. Like give yourself more time time to build mileage because when you build your mileage too quickly, if you're doing too much, too soon, too often, that is a recipe for injury. Okay. Um, when you build your mileage slowly and kind of let your body adapt, you're going to have a much, much greater chance of success. You're going to have a much greater chance of improvement and you're going to have a much lower risk for injury. Right. So when you're building your mileage, this is from one day to the next, from one week to the next, from one month to the next, everything is a slow process and it doesn't have to keep increasing. Like if you run 10 miles one week, the next week can be 10 miles and you're still getting improvements from this. Like you can go from 10 miles and then maybe go to like 12 the next week if you want to just add a little bit of mileage to a couple of the runs maybe add some mileage just to one of them start establishing a longer run during the week but don't suddenly just double everything Mm -hmm. 10 to 20 and then i'll do 30 and then i'll do 50 and now i'm gonna run a marathon like this is just too fast of an increase it's it's not a setup to 
to great success. Right. And some people might be able to get away with it, right? Especially if you are in good shape. Like if say you were, you know, doing other things like CrossFit or cycling or swimming or something like that. And so you're just like a fit and active individual. And now you're just deciding to get into running. You can probably make your, you know, a lot of progress right in the beginning. You're probably going to make a lot of progress right in the beginning. And so a lot of times people see that and they're like, oh, this is great. I can just keep adding miles, like keep up adding miles. But it will catch up to you, okay? It will catch up at some point in time. I don't know when, neither do you, okay? But when you build your mileage slowly, um, you know, kind of sticking more to that like 10% increase per week type of number, you're going to be setting yourself up for greater long-term success. Yeah, that's a good one. And by building your mileage slowly, you also give your body time to establish the strength that you're increasing, mm-hmm. you know, because you've already, we've already made it past that point of start your strength training now. By building the mileage slowly, you also give your body time to take on the strength training that it needs mm-hmm. before you can actually start reaching the higher miles and, and trying to stay injury free. Yeah, that you make a great point there too. Okay, so don't just like sign up for races without giving yourself enough time, okay? And if you're a brand new runner, you might not know what that timeline is yet, okay? And that's totally okay. We encourage you to just like jump on the the running bandwagon and then just be like, okay, and now I'm on, right? And like, let's see where this is going to take me. Like, don't be in such a rush to get results and get all the numbers and all the miles next week, okay? Like, understand that this is a process. All right, number six, take care of your body, all right? Recovery is absolutely essential for you to make progress and not get hurt, okay? Again, this ties up to some of our last couple of points of running easier, not building mileage too slowly. Also, understanding the importance of rest and recovery because that's when your body builds up stronger. During your workouts, you're breaking the body down. In the rest and recovery, you're building that body back up stronger than it was before. Yeah, that point can never get said too many times. It's not the workout that allows you to get fat. It's the recovery and rest following the workout where your body actually adapts and improves so that it can then handle a greater load next time you throw a workout at it. Right. And unless we're talking about actually doing easy runs, like during your easy runs and your recovery runs, if you are taking those easy and slow enough, your body is going to make good adaptations during those runs as well. But again, that that key is making sure that those runs are easy enough because then those are going to be what are we, we like to call recovery runs, right? Um, or easy runs. Your body's able to make adaptations during those. If you're doing those harder, you know, medium to moderate paced or harder paced runs, that's when you're really breaking the body down. You need to make sure you're getting adequate recovery so that you don't get injured. Right. So recovery, um, it includes like the easy days. It could include off days. It also includes making sure that you're sleeping enough on a regular basis that you've established a sleep habit that you're getting plenty of hours of sleep. It also uh, is connected to making sure you're getting the appropriate nutrition, following a workout, making sure that you're getting good nutrients into your body so that you're actually building new muscle, that you're fueling your body correctly so that you can go out there and run correctly, that you can both put in the effort on a hard workout and then your body can build back stronger following the workout. If you're not putting good fuel into the body, it can't do the workout and it certainly can't recover following the workout. Yeah, exactly. All right, on to number seven, establish a routine for consistency, okay? Consistency is the 
one of the number, I would say the number one key to running improvement. You have to be consistent if you want to improve as a runner. And the issue here is that a lot of things can get in the way of our consistency. You know, a lot of runners think that they um, sometimes struggle to find motivation or um, they feel like they need to sign up for a race so that they have some reason to get to get out there and, and run every single day, right? But what we would encourage you to do is set up a routine to make you're running more consistent. So what this would look like would be, you know, establish which days are you going to run? Like actually make a plan, like make a calendar that has your running days on it, your strength days on it, your rest days on it, so that you know exactly what you're doing each day. And also, what time of day do you want to work out? You know, which time of day are you able to run? Put that into your calendar. Schedule into your calendar. If you keep a planner or an electronic calendar, put it into your calendar as an appointment with yourself, right? That's one of the ways that you can establish that consistency is by planning it ahead of time. Yeah, I mean, you got you have a couple of options here and I'm kind of stealing your thunder off of this one is you can start putting your workouts into your calendar or you can wait a few more years and start putting all of the doctor's appointments into your calendar. Mm. Like you're, you're going to establish something. You, you might as well figure out when you're going to run during the day. Yeah, because that's really how you're going to get better. When you are consistent and you, whether that's, you know, three days a week or four days a week, five days a week, whatever that looks like for you in your life, depending on what your lifestyle looks like, depending on what your goals are, right? That's going to determine how often you should be running um, or how often it's recommended that you run. Put those things in because when you are consistent, you are going to make progress, okay? If you are not consistent, that progress is going to be much less likely. Right, and there's certainly, like, your progress is not going to be linear, but you're going to keep improving at a much more steady rate. There's going to be far fewer peaks and valleys and far less plateauing if you have some consistency. Mm -hmm. You're still going to have some parts where you plateau for a little while, and then you'll break through and you'll keep gaining in, in improvement, but you're going to be much better off if you have a consistent plan yeah. week after week. And then you also, you don't have to think about what you're going to do. Like if you know, oh, it's Monday, so I'm going to run and I'm going to do it before I go to work in the morning, mm-hmm. then you don't have to think when you get up on Monday morning, was I going to do a strength training today or my run today? Is it going to go early or late? You just, you know what's going to happen. Right. So when you take that out of the equation and you're like, oh, I'm just going to do this, like then you don't need to find the motivation. You don't need to find some of those things to like pump you up and get you ready because it's just like, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is on my calendar. It takes out one element that you don't have to figure it out every single day, you know, plan that ahead of time. So that's done for you. All right. On to number eight, set a goal. All right. And don't just set a goal that is vague. Like, you know, I want to get in better shape. That is a very vague goal. We want you to be more specific with your goal. Like, what does that actually look like? What does getting in better shape mean? Is that, um, you know, the number of times per week that you're able to run? Is it the amount of time during the week that you're able to run? Right. So like, say you want to run three days a week and you want to do 30 minutes, you know, can you run for 90 minutes right now? Maybe that's a good goal that you want to just set a goal for, um, to relate to our last point, you can set a goal for consistency. You know, that would be a really great goal at the very beginning. Like I, by the end of this month, I want to be running three miles, three days a week on a consistent basis. You know, that's a fantastic and very specific goal. You know, whether or not you're going to achieve that. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing with your specific here is it's clear whether or not you've achieved the goal. Yeah. Getting in shape is very difficult to establish whether or not you've actually achieved that goal. You're probably in better shape, but what does in shape actually mean? Mm-hmm. It's way too much of a gray area. So be pretty specific on this one. And then I think just briefly we should cover here within goals set a big goal out there also, like something that's maybe a little bit further off that can be specific, but kind of helps sort of drive you about, wouldn't it be cool? It's sort of the opposite of don't sign up for a marathon. But if a marathon's interesting to you, maybe find one that you could do in a few years, you know, depending on, on where your current fitness level is and be like, all right, I'd like to eventually be able to do a marathon and have that on your radar not that you're planning for it right now, but there's something big that's sort of driving you out there that helps keep some motivation behind it. Yeah, it's so funny that you said that because I was going to bring that back in too. Like maybe like think about that marathon, right? Like, And maybe you don't set an exact timeline for it, but you're like, you know what? I really want to be able to run a marathon. That's something that is important to me. I want to be able to do that. But if you are just starting out as a runner, you might not know how long it's going to take you to get there, right? As you start to build mileage, as you start to be more consistent as you you know see these numbers start to grow then you're going to be more clear on what that timeline might look like right but at the very beginning especially if you're just starting out it's hard to know when that marathon when would be the best time for you to do that marathon right and there are some people that are like it's going to be this marathon this year or this marathon next year whatever And that's fine. You can totally do that if you want to. Just understand that that could be like when you're working with such a very specific timeline and you don't really know how your body is going to adapt or respond, that again, that could increase your chance of overtraining. Yes, increase your chance of overtraining. That's a good one. Uh, And that is definitely something that you want to avoid. It's not exactly on the list, but trying to avoid the the constant overtraining and and pushing to try to get to that next goal as fast as you possibly can. Give yourself reasonable timelines to achieve reasonable results. Like, yeah, sure, strive to be more than you currently are. Be satisfied with where you are, but strive for more. Just give yourself a reasonable timeline in order to actually get there so that you're not just constantly pushing day after day. Yeah, exactly. And be flexible with that timeline, right? Like maybe you set a timeline and then who knows what happens in your life because real life always likes to come in, pop pop its head in and decide that it's going to disrupt some things that we have planned out, right? But Understand that your goal needs to be flexible. Your time needs to be flexible, and that's totally okay. Yeah, the longer your timeline, the more flexibility you need. Like If you're like, no, I'm going to do this exact marathon in two years from now, a lot of things could pop up in those two years. You never know what's going to happen, right? But have that goal um, you know, and just start working towards it. All right, number nine, find support, okay? So there's a lot of different ways that we can think about support in your running. Number one would would be like some of the obvious things, like to find a running group or a running club, um, other running friends that you could go out and run with. Like that is a pretty obvious one of like... um, I want to start running. I'm going to find some other people to run with. Like this is one of the benefits of social media is you can actually find local running groups. Yeah. They're 
all over the place. There are most there are running groups in cities all around the world. Mm-hmm. There's also things like park runs, our local 5Ks, where you can just start to immerse yourself in the running community, right? Like maybe you don't really know anybody like of your current friends, your current social circle, none of them run. Okay, well then just start maybe going to some local 5Ks and you'll find that most runners are pretty friendly people. You know, you can start talking to other runners or noticing like who who's kind of in the same pace as you, like when you're in the 5k or, you know, when you're doing a race, you can kind of like start chatting a little bit with the other people around you or notice who you're running around. And then like, after you cross the finish line, if you don't really feel like chatting during the race, right? Like if you're really pushing yourself during the race, maybe you find those people afterwards and you just like, congratulate them on a good race, right? Just to kind of um, strike up a conversation with them and ask them a couple questions or whatnot and see about, you know, finding some new running friends. You'll you'll be surprised at like how open and welcoming the running community is in most places. Yeah, your local 5K is, there's a reason why it's called the local 5K or your your local park run, depending on where you are in the world, because it's local. Yeah, Most people are living remarkably close to you. You're probably surrounded by a lot more runners than you think you actually are. And if you're not sure how to find the local 5k well that's the next tip is your local running store will be a great place for finding either a a local running club or group or where there are nearby races that you could get yourself signed up for the local running store is just filled with tons of information besides giving you the appropriate shoes and clothes and probably other tips and tricks along the way they also will help you find running friends yeah for sure um and then you know your family and friends i i think that it's important to have them on board to an extent okay you do not need them on board let me make sure that i make that point right like your spouse does not have to completely support you in your running and understand why you're doing this but if they do it makes life a lot easier right because when you this goes back to like your routine and consistency if you have you know a spouse or a partner or you know someone that you spend a lot of time with in your life that supports you in that journey it's just going to make things more enjoyable and a lot easier. Yeah, especially if you decide that you are eventually going to sign up for that marathon. That's a huge time commitment. Mm-hmm. And everybody involved in the household kind of needs to be on board with that time commitment. Yeah, but it's just good to have, you know, the people that are closest to you at least know what you're doing and be some level of support. You know, they might not be lacing up their shoes with you, but, you know, they could say, oh, hey, how'd, how'd your run go today? Like even just being able to talk about it with other people, even if they don't, fully understand it is important. Well, yeah, and they're not fully understanding it then also helps you maybe try and explain why it matters to you, mm-hmm. which is also a good thing to to start thinking about. Right, and it can also be helpful to have people that aren't runners in your support circle as well because when you're really frustrated from how terrible your run went that day and they're like, well, why is it a big deal? It's just a run, you know? It can, <laughs> maybe they can help kind of keep things in perspective as well. Yeah, sometimes a reality check from non-runners is a, is a very useful thing. Yeah. You're over there complaining about the difference between your pace that you were supposed to hit this certain thing, but you missed it by 10 seconds per mile, and they're like, um... I'm going to go get some coffee. Do you want coffee? Because yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. And are they like, you know, wait, how much did you run today? And you're like, oh, I only did five. You're like, you ran five miles today, right? Yes. Like to some people, like what you do is amazing. And that's a really good reminder too sometimes, yes. right? Um, another uh, support system that you could look into would be running coaches, okay? This running coaches are really, really helpful to – 
help you avoid all of these pitfalls and mistakes that we're talking about today and to help guide you in a direction that's right for you and help make a plan that's actually going to help you progress in the best way because running coaches have worked with I mean most running coaches I can't speak on every single one of course but most running coaches have worked with a lot of different runners a lot of different types of runners right and they understand that one thing usually does not fit for everyone now there are some running coaches that have their method and their plan and this is the plan that everybody gets and if it doesn't work for you then too bad find somebody else but there's a lot I think especially now in the running community there's a lot more coaches out there that understand that things need to be a little bit more individualized for the people Right. So find a running coach that you can run things past. Even if, you know, you kind of have an idea, maybe you've read a couple of running books, you've got a pretty good idea. It's still nice to have an outside perspective of, I've never done this before. I think this is a good idea. Maybe I could reach out to somebody who has some more experience in this and see if they also think that this is a good idea. Right. Because a lot of times like runners, you know, especially newer runners, especially if you have decided to sign up for a race, you'll go online and you'll start Googling. You'll, you'll find a uh, coach Google, right? Coach Google. Dr. Google, coach Google. Google does everything nowadays. Right. And download a training plan from the internet and just think that that's enough. And for some people, it totally might be, right? Some people, that generic training plan might be good enough, especially at the beginning. But for other people, that generic training plan can lead them down the wrong path, right? Can be more than what they are capable of doing. So by following that training plan, it's just setting you up for that too much, too often, too soon, you know, pitfall that a lot of runners get into, um, or that, training plan just might not be exactly right for you. And running coaches can help you figure that out, right? So they can even take that generic training plan and kind of advise what's going on. Um, You can sometimes get advice at that local running store because sometimes there are coaches at the local running stores as well, right? But running coaches can really help you figure out maybe why you're not making progress, a better way to do it so that it feels better for you, or just a better way to train for you and your goals and your body to help you improve as a runner. Yeah. So the coach is there for, for all sorts of different aspects. So it's, it's really nice to have a coach because they, they, besides establishing a plan for you and a routine for you, they also help you kind of figure out why you're doing different runs. So Mm -hmm. if you're like, Oh, well, I don't really like doing that kind of run. That run sounds uncomfortable. They might be able to explain why that run is useful and that you should continue doing that. They they also, an ideal running coach will help with your, uh, your mental game also. For sure. And you know, it's important for you to find a coach that you connect with too. You know, having someone that you can talk to, having someone that, you know, cares about you and not just, you know, you're not just some number in a system somewhere is important also. Um, And, you know, just a little shameless plug here. We coach runners also. So if you are interested in any coaching, you can check out our website over at realliferunners.com. Our coaching options are listed over there on the website. Nice. All right. Finally, number 10. It's a big one. Running is a journey enjoy the ride. Right. So like Kevin said before, progress in running is not linear. It would be wonderful if it was. I mean, but would it? You know, I mean, I feel like that's part of the beauty of running is that like you put in the work, you don't always get the results. So it kind of like leaves you wanting more. Like sometimes you get results, sometimes you don't get results. So 
there are ups and downs in running just like there are in life. And this is one of the beautiful metaphors that we like to use all the time is that running is just like life in so many different ways, right? There will be moments of frustration and moments of joy. There's go- There are going to be moments where you are challenged and up against a lot of obstacles. And then there are going to be moments of triumph, right? There are going to be moments of disappointment and then moments of absolute elation. And we want you guys to be open and just be there for all of it. Yeah, because if you simply have moments of triumph and elation and joy all the time, it's honestly, it's going to get a little boring and you're not really going to feel what that joy is. Like you need the part where you're struggling. You need the part where you're just like, man, today was rough or today just, I, I struggled through that run or I couldn't even go out there today. I, I just didn't have it today. Then when you get back out there and you're able to do it, you're able to actually find that joy from it. Or, you know, you get hurt and you miss running for a few days, a week or two, and then you're able to get back out there. You appreciate it that much more. If every single day, if it was just this brilliant calculator of do this workout, get this result within three days, it'd be so convenient, but it would take a lot of the, like, the highs of the triumph of knowing I put in all of this work to get the benefits. If it was just like, nope, this is the exact input that I do and this is the output that I get out of it, then running wouldn't be quite as challenging. And if it's not as challenging, I don't think that you get quite the uh, the excitement when, when you do have the payoff. Well, that's how we're wired as humans, right? As, as humans, we are wired for the challenge um, a lot of the time, right? Like we think that it would be nice if we got all the good results, if we put in the work and always got the results. But like you said, I think that for a lot of us, that would make it a little bit more boring. And I would, you know, kind of be curious to find out how many people would stick with it as much. Like, because I think that the challenges, you know, when you have the lows, you can appreciate the highs even more, right? That's really what a lot of this is, because life in you know many ways is 50 50 right how would you know when things are good if you never experience moments of bad right so you know it's uh what that that Midas touch touch everything it turns to gold that does not necessarily work out perfect for you Mm. not when he started touching his kids yeah yeah definitely not so understanding that like progress is not linear and it's important for you to accept where you are right now right running is a journey and we're hoping for you that it will be a lifelong journey right And so by accepting where you are right now and understanding where you want to go, it just allows you to kind of sit back and enjoy the ride. You you don't have to be in a rush to get all of the results right now. You can allow longer timelines. You can allow your body to have rest and recovery and take time to adapt without just pushing yourself and like grinding yourself into the ground every single day. Yeah. I mean, that's why this is, this is number 10 of running as a journey. It kind of wraps everything up. Like this is why you don't need to go out and sign up for a marathon today. There's time to sign up for it. You don't need to go from running zero miles a week to running 40 miles a week. You don't actually ever need to get to 40 miles a week if you don't want to. Like you don't have to compare yourself to everybody else around you. You can simply enjoy Enjoy the running journey that you yourself are on and set the goals that are interesting to you. You don't have to go out and run a marathon to establish yourself as a runner. You have to go out and run and then you're a runner. Like that's that's the rule. That's that's the definition there. Right. Because it's it's important to also understand that 
Running can teach you about yourself. Running can help you grow as a person and will give you chances to deal with uncomfortable situations and overcome obstacles and challenge yourself in ways that you haven't before. And if you're just there and you're open to all of it and you're just enjoying the ride and you're understanding like this is both like you know, not important at all. And also the most important thing I've ever done. Like this means nothing and everything all at the same time, because how I show up in running is how I'm showing up for myself in my life. Right. So there's really, you know, it really is both. It's a, it's a huge paradox and a beautiful one at that. Yes. This is the, how hard and, and whether I go out for a run today is completely meaningless in the big picture. And it also matters a whole lot because I have a running plan, I have a running routine, and it says, oh, it's whatever day of the week, so I'm going to go run and I'm going to go knock out my three miles, my six miles, whatever the number is. Being able to do it and being able to say, ah, I don't feel like doing it today and I'm still going to go go do it. That helps you say, even when there's uncomfortable situations, I can still get through them. Even when I don't feel like doing things, I can still do them. Even up against obstacles, I can still find a way to persevere. Yeah, and that also establishes a level of trust and integrity with yourself that like this is something that is important to me this is something that I value and that I want to prioritize in my life and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do it because like Kevin said even on the days that you don't feel like it and there will be plenty of those days in you know throughout your running journey you still show up for yourself you still show up and you challenge yourself you still show up and choose to be this version of yourself because that is important to you and that will establish a level of trust and integrity with yourself that will carry over into everything else that you do in your life all right guys so we hope this was helpful and that you enjoyed this episode if so please leave us a review in itunes and come follow us over on instagram at real life runners we would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. We, we put up a post every single week about this week's episode. So hopefully you found this helpful. Um, if you did, feel free to share it with any of your friends. There's a little share button in whatever podcast player you're listening to us on right now, um, especially if you have any new running friends or people that you want to become your new running friends, right? Share this episode and help them out so that they can kind of get over that hump that a lot of new runners find themselves in um, or on and and uh, start having running feel a lot better for them. All right. So guys, thank you for spending this time with us. Thank you for sharing this with your friends. This has been the Real Life Runners podcast, episode number 222. Now get out there and run your life. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you have to come check out the Real Life Runners training team. It's our monthly coaching program where we take all of this material, we apply it, and we take it to the next level. We teach you how to train your mind, body, and skills for true and lasting success in your running and your life. We offer customized training plans, live coaching calls, and one-on-one -on -one coaching, along with our proven system to help you transform into the runner you want to be and achieve your goals. Come join our team over at realliferunners.com forward slash team and start to truly run your life. We'll see you there.